0: We turn to number 236 in our Psalter hymnal as we prepare to hear God's word this morning. Number 236, How blessed are the perfect in the way who from God's law do not depart. We're going to sing the four verses, number 236. This morning, God's Word comes to us from Matthew chapter 12, Matthew 12, we'll be reading just the first 14 verses of this chapter. Matthew 12, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him? He said to them, which of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Psalter hymnals to page 52 in the back section. Page 52, once again, uh, this Sunday we're going to read from Lord's Day 38. And question 103, I'll read the question, you may respond together with the answer. From page 52 in the back of the Psalter. Question 103, what is God's will for us in the fourth commandment? First, that the gospel ministry and education for it be maintained. And that, especially on the festive day of rest, I regularly attend the assembly of God's people to learn what God's Word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to God publicly, and to bring Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that every day of my life I rest from my evil ways. Let the Lord work in me through his Spirit, and so begin already in this life the eternal Sabbath. Well, last week, we looked together at uh, God's law for us in the fourth commandment uh, to uh, keep the Sabbath day holy, and particularly as it related to Sunday as a day of rest. We saw that this commandment was rooted in creation itself. It's not simply mosaic in its origin, rooted in creation itself, like the other creation ordinances, like labor and like marriage. And we saw that God not only commanded us to rest in the Lord's day, but God modeled that rest for us in His own activity, that first week of creation. On the seventh day, God rested from His creative activity. We said that to rest on the Sabbath was to set aside our regular activity to do other activity. So this morning we're going to talk about what is that other activity that we do on the Lord's day. We began looking at that last week with the centrality of coming to worship on the Lord's Day. We might just call that works of piety, uh, gathering together with God's people. As our confession says, that I regularly attend the assembly of God's people to hear what God's word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to God publicly, and to bring Christian offerings for the poor. Our activities, our work on the Lord's Day focuses around coming to worship and bringing praise to God. What do we do besides that? Uh, We have worship at one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. There's a bunch more hours during the day. What else should we be doing? Now, children, if I were to give you a list this morning of the things that you can and can't do on Sunday, if I was to print that in the bulletin, maybe on on the outline of the bulletin, this is the list of things you can do, this is the list of things you can't do, I would be doing exactly what the Pharisees were doing in Jesus' day. The Pharisees had made a list of things you could do and things you couldn't do. And in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is going to to give a blessing to the Lord's day, to, to release us from simply a list of do's and don'ts and to restore us to the freedom of keeping the Lord's day holy and what that means for us. In the Pharisees' tradition, they had built what they called a fence around the law. The law of God was good, they knew the law, but to help people keep the law they had built all kinds of regulations around the law, lists of do's and don'ts. And with regard to the Sabbath, there were 39 different things that could or could not be done, and some of those things had subcategories. It was a very extensive list. And if you did this, you were okay, and if you didn't do this, you were not okay. And the problem was, they elevated that list of do's and don'ts to the status of the law itself. The law was to keep God's day holy. And they took their list of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and made that which was more important. It was intended to be a blessing, but it became a curse for the people, oppressive for the people. They couldn't keep all the do's and the don'ts on the list. So Jesus comes to relieve them of that burden. Notice his teaching just before this. The end of chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word heavy laden is picked up later in Matthew. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus says this Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but do not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear. And Jesus says, come to me, you who are burdened, you who are burdened, come and I will give you rest. Rest from these heavy burdens that that have been placed upon you. Jesus says in verse 29 of chapter 11, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Not a list of do's and don'ts, rules and regulations. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He comes to free them from the burden of all these extras around the law, all these traditions that had been built up. I think perhaps one of the reasons this story in the life of Jesus um, resonates with my life, and maybe, maybe you can share this as well, uh, I was brought up in the Reformed tradition, and I was brought up with rules and regulations for Sunday. We, we could do this, we couldn't do this, and I don't want to in any way you know, disrespect my parents for doing that, I think perhaps today we've gone the other way, that Sunday's like any other day, do whatever you want. But At least my parents tried to say, look, today is a different day. Maybe, maybe it wasn't done the best way possible with lists of rules of you can do this, you can't do this, but the intention was to still honor the day and to celebrate the freedom of the day. Parents, we have to teach our children Sunday is a different day. It's not just one more Saturday. It's a day God has set apart, set apart and teach them why, that we can be freed from our daily labors. We can be freed to rest, like we talked about last time, but also freed to do other things, freed to gather for worship. We don't have to worry about getting our work done because God's given us six days to do all of that work. But on Sunday, we can rest, we can celebrate, we can enjoy the freedom God has won for us. Well, Jesus and his disciples were walking through the field, and uh, they were charged by the Pharisees. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. They began to pluck heads of grain to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees come with this offense that Jesus' uh, disciples are apparently committing Um, Interestingly, uh, we talked about this when we looked at our series of Mark a number of months ago now, the fact that they were walking through the grain fields and taking someone else's grain, that wasn't the offense. It was okay to do that. The law provided for that. You could walk through somebody else's field and you could take their grain. But what they were doing is they were taking this grain and they uh, were eating it, which means they must have somehow got the outer husks off that grain to get to the kernel so they could eat the kernel. Well, to get the outer husk off, according to the Pharisees, was harvesting. That was harvesting the grain. And you could not harvest on the Sabbath day. That was the offense that Jesus and his disciples are being charged with. They are breaking the law, actually the fence around the law, by harvesting on the Sabbath. And Jesus is going to give three Three arguments from history to show that they weren't breaking the Sabbath. In fact, they were fulfilling the blessing God gives on the Sabbath. First of all, um, Jesus is going to talk about King David. And he's going to show how, how da- in David's life, but in their life also, their activities were not breaking the law, but their activities were actually promoting the purpose of the day. And I guess if you want to have a brief you know, one-sentence summary, what are the works that we do on the Lord's Day? They are the works that promote the purpose of the day. Works that promote the purpose. Of the, and what's the purpose of the day? To gather for worship. We saw that last week. That's the primary thing we do on the Lord's Day. So he talks about David. Verse 3. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. Remember the story how David had been traveling. He came and he looked for food. There was no food there except for the bread of presence. And they gave that bread to David and his men to eat. They were allowed to care for their life. They were allowed to preserve their health they were allowed to do this work of necessity that they could honor the activities of their day. Now we are allowed to eat. I know that uh, uh, for many of us when we go home from church today, uh, there'll be a meal and someone's gonna work to make that meal, but we're allowed to eat. It's a work of necessity to preserve the purposes of the day because I um, I suspect if we didn't eat, Uh, We might start to get hungry later. We might start to get cranky later. When we come to church tonight, our stomach would be growling. That wouldn't wouldn't enhance the purposes of the day. So we eat. It's okay. Uh, If we didn't eat, we'd be distracted throughout the day. We're allowed to to rest. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, Sunday, from the time I was a child, Sunday always included a nap. Now, I don't think that that exhausts the meaning of rest on the Lord's Day but it certainly may be, may be a part of that. It sustains my health. And it serves the purpose of the day because I intend to come back to worship once again this evening, and rather than being sleepy through that service, uh, I will take a short nap. So I can come back and, and, and promote the purposes of the day. Now, I'm not saying nap is on the do list or the not do list, but it promotes the purpose of the day, it promotes our ability to come and to worship. These are the works that God is calling us to do, those things that promote the purpose of the day. Jesus goes on, verse five. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and our, are guiltless? The priests on the Sabbath worked more than any other day because there were more offerings to be offered. And yet Jesus says they're guiltless. Because they were doing what promoted the purpose of the day. They were allowing people to worship. And Of course, the same is true for us. I'm not just talking about uh, uh, ministers who work on the Lord's Day, but the musicians who work on the Lord's Day. The janitor who works on the Lord's Day. The sound man who works most of the time on the Lord's Day. These serve the purpose of the day. These serve that we can come to worship. And these are the works that we should be doing, works of necessity. They have to be done so we can come and we can worship. It enhances the day to be in fellowship with God and in fellowship with his people. Jesus, the third argument he makes is from the prophets, from verse 7. He says, and if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless from the prophet Hosea. The idea that it is not the external sacrifice Jesus desires. It's not that wooden obedience to a list. It is mercy. It is a heart that desires to do what God wants. A heart that beats with God's heart in order that we might come and fellowship with each other and worship Him. It serves the purpose of the day. Is your heart in tune with the heart of God are the activities you will will undergo today that which which serves the purpose of today, that which will enhance your fellowship with God, your fellowship with believers, your time of worship with Him, works of necessity. Now, when I say works of necessity, it's sometimes easy to start to think, well, you know, almost, almost everything I do, I do because it's necessary. There's not many things I do just frivolously. Most things I do are necessary. When we talk about works of necessity on the Lord's day, it is works that need to be done on this day, for this day. What I mean by that is this. I can't eat today's lunch uh, yesterday or tomorrow. To promote the purpose of the day, it has to be on this day, for this day. But uh, there are some things that I I might do of necessity other days of the week that need not be done on the Lord's day. They don't have to happen to promote the purpose of this day. They don't have to happen on this day for this day. So we ask ourselves, is this necessary for today? Not just is it necessary. Most things we do are necessary. But is it necessary for today to promote the purpose of the day? And our, our necessity must not be due to lack of preparation on our part. We know the Lord's Day is coming. It comes every week. Have we prepared for it? You know, I I really don't like to get up on Sunday morning and go out to the car and see that the the gas gauge is almost empty. Now, if I'm going to make it to church, it's necessary, I get fuel. But that necessity was due to my negligence. Don't force necessity on the first day of the week by failing to prepare the other six days. God gives us six days to get ready. The work's necessity must be necessary for this day on this day. So what do we do on the Lord's Day? We do that which promotes the the service of the day, promotes God's glory, promotes our worship, and that which serves our neighbor promotes our neighbor's good. And this is where Jesus uh, goes to the synagogue then in verse 9. He went on from there, entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand and they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? They're going to ask him a legal question. Now their man-made laws, their laws around the law, said that only in extreme circumstances, in life or death circumstances, was it okay to heal on the Sabbath. This obviously is not one of those. Not a life or death circumstance. We know that their question is answered by Jesus in the parallel passage, not is it lawful to heal, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? In other words, can we do works of mercy? Not only to promote uh, God's glory, but promote my neighbor's good. Can I care for my neighbor on the Lord's day? And Jesus answers, certainly. Certainly we can do that which is good. We can do that which serves our neighbor. These works of mercy, these works of compassion. We must be careful these works are not motivated by anything other than mercy. Verse 11, Jesus answered to them. He said, which of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Now again, there were rules for that. There were rules for an animal falling in a pit. This is the extent of the law that they had. And the original rule was, if an animal falls in a pit, you have to leave the animal there, but you are allowed to lower food to the animal, okay? Works of mercy, they didn't have to be cruel, works of mercy. Now later that became difficult and they changed their external law to say no, you were allowed to actually bring the animal out. They changed their external law because it was starting to hurt them financially. The animals were dying in the pit. They wanted financial gain and they changed their tradition so they didn't lose any money. Works of mercy toward our neighbor must be motivated by a heart of mercy. We have those in our congregation who do works of mercy on the Lord's Day. We have first responders. I'm so thankful that they are willing to work. You can't put out today's fire tomorrow. It has to be done today. We have those who who serve as nurses. There are doctors that work on the Lord's Day, and I am thankful for those who do so. If I'm sick, I want to go to the doctor and I I want that doctor, that emergency doctor, to be there right there. Don't say, I'll come back tomorrow, you'll see me then. They are willing to work out of mercy, out of compassion for their neighbors. But it's so easy for us to turn that that work of mercy into a benefit financially. Sometimes there's um, incentives for working on Sunday, maybe there's you know, time and a half or you get extra benefits or whatever. We must make sure our desire is mercy and not financial gain. Mercy flows from the heart, a desire to care for others. If there's financial gain, okay, fine. But that can't be the reason. Our, our, our merciful works must flow from a heart that is filled with mercy. We see Jesus teaching about promoting our neighbor's good, we see his own compassion then modeled for us as he speaks to the man, stretch out your hand, and the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other one. Jesus' heart of compassion for those around him. His heart of compassion to show mercy to his neighbor. Now, it's certainly good for us on the Lord's day to have that same heart of compassion toward our neighbors. Of course, the the biggest need they have is not a a physical healing. The biggest need they have, if our neighbors are unbelievers, the biggest need they have is that we share the gospel with them, that we share with them the glories of Jesus Christ, the one who is Lord of the Sabbath, the one who has set us free from, from a list of rules and regulations, the one who has paid for all of our sins, that we have an assurance of living with him forever. We need to share that gospel with them. We must be careful never to use an apparent opportunity to share the gospel in order to indulge in no longer serving the purpose of the day. Perhaps our neighbor calls us up on a Saturday night and says, hey, tomorrow uh, I've got tickets to watch the Dodgers get beat by the Diamondbacks and I'd love to have you come and join me at the game. And we say to ourselves, we try to play play tricks with us, you know, if I went with them, okay, I'd have to miss church, but you know, maybe, maybe I'd have an opportunity to evangelize. Maybe I'd have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And we convince ourselves that this is actually a good thing to do. My friends, if you want to share the gospel with your neighbor, don't wait for them to invite you out somewhere, you invite them to church. You invite them here where you can be sure they will hear the gospel. Not just maybe during the seventh inning stretch we mentioned something about Jesus. They will come and hear the gospel. That's that's, that's the work of the Lord's day. Enhancing the work of Christ, bringing others to know the work of Christ. Hearing the glories of the gospel and the call to faith and repentance. Put your trust in Jesus Christ alone and know the freedom from your sins. True freedom to enter into rest. A rest which we anticipate even now on Sunday, but looks forward to an eternal rest. And until then, we we do those works which enhance the day, enhance our our times of worship with God through works of mercy, works of necessity. God has given us a day, a glorious day, a day on which to rest in Him, setting aside our regular labors so we can focus on Him in our times of worship and, and the freedom. To do everything necessary to enhance that purpose of the day a freedom to do those things which which strengthen us physically that we might be spiritually strengthened a day on which we can show love and mercy and compassion to those around us in our acts of mercy in our words of mercy as we share with them the gospel sunday rather than being a day of rules and do's and don'ts and uh, lists it's a day of joy It's a day to celebrate, to celebrate the rest we have in Jesus Christ and to work until the coming of that final rest day. We will spend our eternity with him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, thank you for this Lord's Day, this Christian Sabbath. Thank you for the privilege of allowing us to gather in your house to worship you. And beyond that, oh God, thank you for freeing us that the rest of this day we may do those things that enhance our worship. You will allow us to be physically strengthened, physically rested. You allow us opportunities to share your truth with those around us, to love our neighbor and promote their good as we from our hearts desire to serve you. Not an external list of do's and don'ts, but hearts that overflow with gratitude because of what you have done for us. Oh Lord God, help us to enter into the spirit of the Christian Sabbath. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.